0: with me, Aaron, AKA Coach Azza for another powerful FitPro podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest and together we will be looking at the role of trainers, health specialists and coaches in supporting those who take sport seriously, whether it's an amateur or a professional level. We're going to be serving up some golden insights in order for, to facilitate better, more consistent and ever improving, athletic performances from our clients, whilst at the same time respecting the player and the person in their lives as a whole. Now, at this point, I would usually be introducing a top-class coach, but instead, we thought we would flip the switch and go straight to the source. So without further ado, I would like to introduce full-time tennis ace, Alicia Lissy Barnett, Lissy is homegrown here in Britain, currently ranked 590 in the world at singles and 390 at doubles. So today, Lissy and I are going to knock about some thoughts and ideas and find out how you can better support your clients. So, Lissy, tell us a bit about yourself and your history. What's what's the crack with Lissy Barnett?
1: Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Um... Yeah so I've been playing tennis since I was seven um, because my whole family did so it was natural for me. Um, Then trained locally, um, actually trained with you um, when I was a teenager and then I went to an American university um, in Chicago where I had loads of different experiences but went on a tennis scholarship Um, and then since graduating I've been playing on the professional circuit and training at bath university with team bath
0: okay brilliant so you're with team bath currently yeah so what for you lissy what's what's this uh what's this last year been like for you with uh, obviously with everything going on global pandemic and all that side of things
1: oh just global pandemic um i mean i think for everyone it's been really tricky and there's been so many different challenges um But I think something that was good for me in the first lockdown is learning to come to terms with controlling what you can control and forgetting about the rest and stop stressing about things that are out of your control. So I didn't have a gym, so I had to be resourceful. And luckily I had, um, I communicated with my team and they were really good with that. Um, And yeah, I just, I think you just learn to come to terms with like appreciating like where you are at in life at the, that time like I couldn't really do anything about it so I wanted to still achieve things because that's the type of people we are when we're in sport like you have to show something for your day so um I took the time in like the first lockdown to be really fit um take like appreciate where I live which is in the countryside. Um, be with my family and yeah just work towards like maybe helping out organizing some tournaments so I worked with Barry Fulcher on the progress tour and organized a women's tournament which was amazing it was with the BBC so that was a huge success and I actually did pretty well myself so even better um and then yeah came out of lockdown feeling really fit and healthy and managed to get asked to play Battle of the Bricks with Jamie Murray so yeah it's as much as it's been a struggle and I really feel for like all the people that didn't have those opportunities or lived where I lived um I was very lucky so yeah
0: do you feel like actually in some respects it's it's given you a chance to be able to you know get over some maybe some niggles or get over some little kind of things that you've probably been needing to do for a while
1: yeah 100% because tennis um I don't know if like people know but we don't have an off season So we can play a tournament every week of the year if we wanted to. And so it's really hard to set that time apart and just say, you need to train, you need to like recover. And so those first few months was the longest I'd not played tennis since I was well, before I even started playing tennis. So it was, it was weird. And it was also like quite nice when I started hitting again, that I actually could play tennis and it's okay to take time off. Um, But yeah, like my body, like you're putting it through so much every day, even if it is like recovery, it's quite nice to just like take a step back and do something different.
0: Cool. Taking walks in the uh, Gloucestershire countryside, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing, actually. I've I've seen a lot more of Gloucestershire than I've ever seen. I've lived here all my life.
0: And we've seen it on Instagram via your Instagram (laughs) link. So great. It's been fantastic. (laughs) Um, Cool. So. So with, with everything in mind, and, you know, we talked a little bit before, what's your, what does your current schedule look like and or what would it look like right now? What would be the week in the life of Lissy Barnett right now as far as training and playing?
1: So I'm really lucky that um, elite sports people, I mean elite, um, sports people can train again um, in certain venues. So Team Bath is open and there's about six of us that are allowed in any one time um so and the gyms I have access to the gym so I'm gymming uh three times a week um I'm doing cardio twice a week at movement so like just movement on like tennis movement twice a week and then I'm hitting every day Monday to Friday and then the weekend I have off for myself which is usually something to help my head so either it's like a recovery run or like yoga um, but yeah, as I'm for for me, I'm pretty lucky that my schedule is pretty unaffected at the moment, apart from tournaments. For usually I would be at a tournament right now, but it's pretty tricky with COVID and everyone not being too happy with the UK. So we're banned from a lot of countries. That's a
0: nightmare, isn't it? But I guess at the same time, again, it goes back to what we were just talking about is actually probably gives you some more time on the training court working are you able to work with your coaches at the moment are you able to work with your fitness coach and playing coaches
1: yeah i mean even if i don't see them physically because of either furlough or covid or whatever um covid restrictions they were very good at communicating like we're all on teams like microsoft teams um where I think it's somewhat my responsibility um, to keep everyone in the loop, like where I'm feeling, where my head's at, like what I'm working on. Um, but we're, we're very clear with like what goals we have and actually making the most of this time um, at home on court.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. So let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit. Um, you know, what what is the first thing why are you? I guess a, a good way to frame it is: Why did you decide on uh, going to Bath um, and being a part of their performance performance setup there? What What to you makes a good performance setup? Why did you choose that particular setup?
1: So honestly, I came out of an American uni where everything was done for you, and you did have some say because you are an individual at the end of the day and you are an adult, but at the end of the day it's a team sport and you win together lose together whatever but like it was it was all tailored towards team and like I just felt like when I graduated I wanted to do it all by myself (laughs) and that is not easy apparently um doing your own strength program and stuff like that and um I obviously did have like help and I had a coach and I had um an SNC coach um in Gloucestershire but doing that by myself was too hard. So I went to Team Bath because I wanted some structure and I was really pleasantly surprised. I just didn't realize like I'd wasted a year. Like I had actually wasted a year not being there because they're so professional. And I think the main thing is that the main like ethos like they have, um, it is a team and like, all the coaches there—they genuinely want you to do well, and it is like a—it's more like a family, I guess. It sounds really cheesy, um, yeah, nice. but no, I, I, like everyone's there working together. We all work on the same goals, and yeah, I—I I just think for me, like I wanted someone, like a team that actually knew me personally and wanted me to do well, and didn't just feel like I was paying them to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very easy to have a trainer or a set of trainers that essentially are, are they kind of feel like they're just doing their job um yeah it, you know spend spend an hour and a half spend two hours you know with me spend 45 minutes with me and i'll take your money and, and until i see you next you know i could yeah and, um, so i think that's really great i so i like what you're saying you know, you're talking about the university side. Almost sounded very, you know, from when we talked before about this. Almost very, very strict regimen, and it was basically whatever they said went. And you were, yeah. you were almost, you know, to to put it very harshly, almost like a slave to the to the the team and to the setup. Right? You kind of you had to be at your things, do things, and there, you know, there was this, there was times when you said, you know, you play injured. Because you were told to and, you know, and which you were fine with by the sounds of it, because knowing your your dad and, you know, the way that you were brought up, (laughs) you were brought up tough, right? You were brought up to play tough. Um, But it sounds like it was very, very strict there. And then so you've almost backed off and gone the opposite direction, thinking I need freedom. But now it sounds like you've kind of found that that happy position where you've got structure, you've got people looking after you rather than dictating to you
1: yeah I think it's funny um looking over like the past I'd say 10 years so I'm 27 now so since I was at 17 I think a lot of it is down to maturity Mm. and knowing yourself like when I went to uni I, I was so like submissive like I just did as I was told even if I wasn't happy with it like And even though the coaches, they were actually, if I look back, they're like, are you happy with this? How can we help you? I would be like, I don't know. (laughs) Because I didn't. I really didn't. And So now, like, I think because I've had a lot more, like, life experiences, I've been on tour longer, I know what I need. And sometimes I don't. Like, it is, obviously, that's where your coaches come in and they say, like, I think you need to stop now. But, like, I think even like the past few years, like I've played on injuries, which are so stupid and I've suffered from it in the long run, but now I realise like I shouldn't be doing that. If this is my career, I need to just like take a step back and be like, okay, rest and recover because this could be the next 10 years of your life, not the next year. So take your time. But yeah, I mean, I think regardless of like good or bad experiences, I think everything has shaped me to like, realize what I need now so it's worked out well in the long run
0: okay so what are you what did you know you've got your training set up you've got your your strength coach and um, I guess what people um, on this podcast the listeners will want to know is like what were the what was the biggest thing you looked for when you decided on like your strength coach and things like that what's the biggest what's the biggest assets you look to in a in a trainer or a strength coach or a movement coach or something along those lines
1: so I feel as though uh, like having like a good relationship with your team is like massively important so like um, my current strength coach is someone that like I feel really comfortable talking to, discussing well anything to be honest like you get to a certain level and like you actually have to respond not to just like their weights and like not hitting targets but actually are they like what's their personality are they sleeping are they eating are they PMSing like have they just broken up with their boyfriend like what's going on in their lives like there's so much more and like I feel as though like for me like I need to be able to communicate with them and be really open with them and feel comfortable communicating um so yeah trust is a massive thing and like open communication so like that's a really big thing um but yeah, just being able to get along with them.
0: Cool. So it's a relationship rather than reps. It's not about it's not yeah. about training programs necessarily. It's not about you know, reps and sets and what they actually have you do. It's the way that they communicate yeah. it and the way that you two, you know, it sounds like you work together with your team rather than you know. Yeah, I
1: guess also like it is kind of like a base like a basic need, like I I expect not expect I sound like a drill master but they obviously have to be knowledgeable they have to be confident with what they're doing yeah because otherwise if they're not knowledgeable and confident then I'm not going to be in them so that my strength coach now Henry Jones is so confident in what he is laying out in the programs that if I come to him with a question he has an answer and he's like but we'll discuss it if you want. And I'm like, no, that answer was great. I trust you. Yeah. So.
0: Cool. Yeah. No, I remember you like to ask some questions, and you've got. I do that.
1: like questions.
0: <laughs> that's you know, and I think as coaches, we like that. We like that if you're asking questions, it means you're buying in. Um, mm. That's all that, uh, for me. It's a sign if if a uh, if a client isn't asking any questions at any point, then are they really? bought into what what we're giving them so yeah I think that's it I mean who take so who takes control you know uh, over a, in a week who takes control in a session who takes control is it who's in control is it you or is it your coach you know when we especially when you're in the weights room or you're in you know you're at on a on a treadmill whatever it is you know who takes control of the load the volume what you actually do
1: I think at this point it has to come from me as much as sometimes I try and not (laughs) put it on myself. I say like, Oh, what should I do? Um, At the end of the day, I know how I feel and I know the schedule. I know if I've got a match coming up. Um, And I think COVID has taught me that more than anything is like, I have to be more independent and actually no one knows my body better than me. So And that's where again communication comes in. So like, I it's good to communicate that to my S and C and my coach. Say like, I come in today, don't feel too well. Like, can we just maybe just do baskets rather than like running myself ragged? Or yeah, I feel really good. Let's go. Let's just do something crazy. I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, I think at the end of the day, like as the athlete, as this is my like job it has to come from me um, originally, but then everyone is a team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting because, you know, I think we often as coaches, we feel like we have to take control and dictate and, you know, it's all on our shoulders, you know, and actually what you're doing, but I think it's quite refreshing to hear actually, and we probably don't think about it, but we kind of go, you know what, let's put some back on you as well. What do you want to achieve today? What do you want to achieve right now? Yeah. What do you achieve this week and so on. Um, so I think that's really interesting to hear. Okay, so uh, you know, can you tell us a bit, a little bit, what are you, um, what improvements are you trying to make at the moment in your physical training and your, um, you know, via your training? What, what improvements are you trying to make at the moment?
1: So just for Christmas I sat down with my coach and my SNC coach and we set goals and we made them very specific like a lot more specific than you usually would but um, like I would sorry, but I think it's really good to make them really clear, really simple. Um, so we've been focusing on just making sure I'm like staying fit and healthy. so I had like a little bit of a shoulder issue like um, for the past few years so, upper body strength is like a big thing um which actually coincides with I want a bigger serve so okay. it's all like works together um so those are like the main goals and then there's obviously like separate s and separate tennis goals that we have
0: okay and there's so they're separate goals but do, so does your team does your SNC team and your performance team do they kind of get together and 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 hash it out because I know there's there's always quite a fun little um, trade-off when you're when you're working with a couple of coaches, right? You've got someone that wants to make you fitter, and someone wants to make you play a certain way. I was going to say play better. Everyone wants you to play better. Yeah. Do they? Do they? I mean, together? so
1: it is definitely a trade-off because, like, it depends where you are. Um, Obviously, you have a tennis coach that is like, okay, your forehand you need to work on. Let's hit a thousand forehands. But then you've got an S guy saying, um, yeah, she needs to like actually keep it balanced, or I don't know. So, but I think in general, like everyone respects the other person and respects their opinion, and um, at the end of the day, everyone just wants the best for the athlete. So, um, yeah, you kind of have to just give and take but in general like it's not really a massive sacrifice if you're saying okay she needs to get stronger upper body okay well she needs a bigger serve so that works out well
0: yeah fair enough it works it's great when it comes together so what what's your uh, what's your favorite exercise at the moment then upper body strength wise if you're talking about shoulder strength and and that upper body strength what's your favorite exercise at the moment
1: is there a favorite one? <laughs> I
0: don't know. What's your favorite routine? Give it, give me some insight. Oh, give me some,
1: little, you know. So, I think overhead press. I feel if I'm like getting a steady target, I always feel like pretty secure. It sounds yeah. weird, but like I feel yeah. set and like solid. So, with like
0: with your shoulder, yeah,
1: so, so. yeah, everything just feels like it's in place. And I just feel like strong and yeah, not going to get injured or anything.
0: Yeah, and also you're thinking about overhead press. I mean, you need to be able to stretch your arm overhead serve, and it goes along lines, doesn't it? You know, at the end of the day, I'm sure when you're watching yourself, when you're looking in the mirror or whatever, doing your overhead press, you're imagining yourself being caught with a stronger overhead um, position and therefore a stronger serve, right? So I guess it goes hand in hand. There's a bit of that visualization, I'm sure, which kind of relates. Yeah,
1: definitely do do feel good when I'm doing it and like there are like we've had to be really flexible with my upper body because I mean I was doing like bench press and it wasn't quite working and so we've regressed me to push-ups but like it's just finding stuff that like is good for you individually and like it's not just generic like oh one size fits all like okay Lissy doesn't really respond well to this so we're going to do this instead so uh, we've we've chopped and changed but finally i feel like really good like about my upper body type like, program like i feel strong so
0: that's cool i i, I like that but, yeah, it isn't it isn't one size fits all you know you go to a lot of places where you know um just because you play tennis you do this you do x routine because you must have stronger here you must be fast here you must be flexible here and actually we we need to understand as coaches right the everybody plays differently you're a very different player to you know to any other tennis player yeah right?
1: and i think that's like a really important thing to like remember is like every tennis player is so different and they would want different things maybe they actually do want to be told something and like they want it mindless so they don't have to think about it so that's one last decision to make in a day but like I, I don't know yeah so I think it just depends on who you are and like what works well for you and you have to essentially that comes from you as a person and a, an athlete to make those decisions.
0: Yeah absolutely absolutely so what about um, you know we, we talked about it a little bit already is haven't we um, you know about personality what personalities are you looking for are you looking for um are you looking for a coach that makes you laugh are you looking for a coach that's dead serious or or what really
1: i guess there's a time and place for both of them um yeah like there there are times where you need to just relax and just have a bit of banter um and obviously these people like you trust you spend like so many hours with so you're gonna have to get along with them um but yeah there's also a time for focus and for some serious chats um and yeah I think that's something that can be quite difficult for anyone to have like both that both those sides of the relationship it's like one moment yeah. you're like someone's friend and then the next you're like actually you're not doing this right come on <laughs> and yeah. I'm kick out the backside um yeah. but yeah like I think at the end of the day it all comes back to respect like if you respect that person like you'll respect them that like they're saying it because they want to help you not to upset you um and also you're you've chosen you work with these coaches because the way they communicate is a way that you respond well to yeah so yeah yeah,
0: yeah so it's, it's <laughs> natural but yeah you know again i think i i personally i've you know in the past kind of gone to gone to uh training sessions. I you know I've been the coach, I've been the, the personal trainer or whatever, and tried to be too professional, you know, try to be this all professional, all business. And I, you know, I, I like it and I've learned myself that I don't think that always works. It might work with some individuals, but I think, you know, you're narrowing your field, aren't you? If you're just if you had a coach that was just serious, all the time yeah how would you feel about that you know it would
1: be it would be tough I mean I guess like that like the best people I've worked with are the ones that actually they are a little bit of a chameleon like they do change like I've worked with you I've worked with the ones at Bath and like the ones that have been like stood out to me are the ones that are like but well it just goes to sure. show, like I'm still friends with you now, sure. so I've clearly built like a good rapport with you. So, yeah, I think those are the best ones that they have. They they kind of react to the people they're with, and they can help them because at the end of the day, like that's what you want to do. You want to help your client the best of the way you can. So, yeah, um, yeah. sometimes you see that you, you need like an a like a autocratic um, S and coach, but sometimes yeah. they just need a friend and someone needs to, like someone to talk to.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Um, okay. So, you know, from, from your experiences, is there, is there any other advice that you would give to a, you know, any fitness professional working with anyone that's looking to, um, you know, that's looking to help their, their client perform better. And this can be like you, you know, we're not just today talking about top level sport, but we're, we're talking about anyone that plays sport seriously. And um, by seriously, I guess we mean anyone that's passionate about it. And actually they've come to you because I want to get, I'm, I might be 60 years old wanting to get better at my golf game. You know, I, I had a client who was 70 and he started training with me because of tennis, because he wanted to improve his search. You know at 70 years old is absolutely amazing so i guess you know yeah from your experience is there any advice that you could give us as as trainers to anyone at any level
1: i think the key thing is know yourself um confidence is key when it comes to things like this um yeah. but at the same time be flexible and be open to like learning opportunities and keep up to date with all the new research like like I said before, like, you have to know your client as well, like know, like the mental side, like the stress side, um, what sport they're doing, like, and where they want to improve. Like you have to be really open with communicating. Um, and also like, I think this is a key thing, thing for me at the moment. Like it's quite um, big with women in sport. It's just knowing that sometimes you have to train women differently as well. So where they are in their menstrual cycle um but yeah just in general be confident communicate well and be open to like discussion and learning new things
0: i guess as well you know when you're talking about this something that to mind for me as well is uh, and this is a tip for the coach that there is know your boundaries no no way where, mm-hmm. your, where your remit finishes and where <laughs> you need to have someone else come and step in to further help and support you you know we have talked about you having a team of support and I think you need that at any level right
1: yeah definitely and I think even if it's like if you're just playing club tennis like whatever happens like you you've got your goals you want to improve them and sometimes you can't get all of that from one person yeah. um which is anything in life um so yeah it, you, a team is important always in life, whether it's in sport or not.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, so, you know, one more thing, Liz, I think before we wrap up is anyone... So if I was a coach looking at, you know, we all, I think when I left university, I'd done sport and exercise science, and I think the golden, the holy grail for a, uh, someone looking to go into training or whatever, coaching... Um, I think our holy grail is to work with athletes. You know, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, particularly you know in in personal training, I think it's always a a really big goal for a lot of guys and girls that want to train someone that's professional at what they do. Um, do you have any tips um, for someone that's looking to work with someone at a professional level? Do you have anything in mind?
1: Um. I think, I mean, I've worked with so many people in, in my time, but I think the main thing that really comes across is passion. And like, even if like, you're not a rocket scientist or like the best coach in the world, whatever, like, cause no one can be the best one all the time. Like the, being passionate about something really goes a long way. And that really comes across to the athlete you're with. Like someone that's enthusiastic is always got the energy, like even if you don't have that energy that day. So I think if you're passionate about what you're doing and your goals, like I think you can achieve like whatever you want. Because at the end of the day, like the only person that's in your way is your yourself, I guess. So I don't know if that's a really athlete response, but <laughs>
0: you didn't necessarily look for well they have to have a certain degree or they have to have a certain qualification you know as long as they're they've got some experience i guess counts um yeah you know i mean i
1: don't like i i guess some people will look at like the background and do their research and see what um degrees they've all got but at the end of the day like these people it's communicating and like it's so much more than that so yeah if you're passionate and you're confident like that's just it goes such a long way
0: brilliant brilliant i think that's good to know you know we have to have our we have to have our our knowledge our learning um we have to find some experience and we have to we have to work at that um but i think you're right that if you if you communicate well and um you're just a good a good person and you're passionate about the people you work with then you can potentially work with anyone and we've seen that yeah Hundreds of times, millions of times, you know, in in professional sport, that you know a coach gets their break not because they're the they've they've done the most courses, but because they've got that little bit of it, something extra special, and they've had the ability to kind of put that in front of of someone. And I guess most of the time, like with me and you, right, the relationship started much by chance. You know, it was mm. me being in the right place at the right time. I was fortunate enough to be in a gym where there was a good tennis set up alongside it. Right. So for yeah. me, it was the right place at the right time. Um, yeah. And, and again, showing a little bit of passion and willingness to, to dive into it. Albeit I had very little, as you could probably tell at the time, very little experience in tennis. And we, but
1: that was perfect for what I needed. Like I was a really like, I didn't have any confidence I was quite shy I didn't have any confidence in the gym yeah and you actually brought that out of me you joined in the sessions you were really enthusiastic you explained what we were doing so I wasn't embarrassed or didn't understand what was going on like it was perfect for what I needed and then like I don't know look look where you are now like it's just it's crazy 10 years down the road (laughs)
0: 10 years time wow still working I'm still a personal trainer which is is not bad going in this industry but it's because I love what I do Um,
1: exactly and that's the other thing at the end of the day like if you love what you do like you can have goals but if you if you're enjoying every day like you don't need to be training like Serena Williams to be fulfilled like is that success it's all like relative to what you want to do so sure I think you've been very successful so
0: yeah, and like exactly like you said, it was you know it's not the ones that stick out in my head. My head as a coach on the on this side of it um, are you know the, the the young players that I worked with like yourself, um, but then the the seventy year old Pete that wanted to improve his serve. I mean that that was one of my most fulfilling clients because he he came so far and we had such a great little relationship. Forged pretty quickly because he was such a nice guy, and we just we just really clicked. And I, oh,
1: just,
0: you know. So that again. Well,
1: like, well, Pete, um, if you need a if you need a tennis lesson, I'm more than happy to help.
0: Right. <laughs> I don't know where he is now, but yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, no. So I mean, listen, this has been a, a really insightful and um, eye-opening chat today. I really appreciate your time. Um, I know you've got a busy schedule, um, albeit not not playing so many tournaments at the moment, but I know your, your training schedule is really busy. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you a little bit about what you do, what you're after. I think hopefully our listeners today will will have learned something. Maybe they've they've taken some notes, um, you know, a, a little bit about what what people are after in a coach. I think we all need to hear that from time to time to reset our own coaching switch and, and realise why we do what we do so um, you know it's been it's been a really good um little podcast for our listeners i appreciate it
1: yeah well thank you for having me really enjoyed it thank you
0: no problem at all so there you have it listeners um that was another fantastic podcast today with lissy barnett make sure you go and follow her at lissy barnett lisseybarne on instagram Um, to check out the way that she plays, what she's doing currently. Um, Guys, you can always follow us at FitPro on Instagram. Um, I look forward to another podcast with you guys soon. Coach Azza signing out. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.